We're glad that you could join us online, and we miss all of you, and we wish you were here. Many of you are far away and could not be here present with us this morning, because we're not actually having our service inviting folks in because of the pandemic. We will follow the same pattern next week on the 21st, so we will again have you join us online. We thank you for your patience through that. We think it's best for all of us as we gather and be careful about the spread of the uh, COVID-19 virus. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for your understanding and your patience with us. But do enter into worship with us this morning. So I want us to continue on. If you would take and open your Bibles, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 12. The entire focus of Hebrews has been Jesus. The focus has been focused completely on him because it is Jesus that is the center of that book. And as we've looked at that, we've seen Jesus as he has been our Savior and our Lord. We've looked at that and how he went to the cross and how he purchased a place for us. But we also have looked at him as also being our high priest. And he served as our high priest together. And so we have those great themes running through the book of Hebrews that we can look at together. So this morning, we are going to take a little bit of our medicine this morning. And although a spoonful of sugar, I understand, makes the medicine go down, if you remember that song, our, our medicine this morning comes of what counsel that we receive from the book of Hebrews and looking. So if you would, if you would please find with the Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to pick up this story as we look, if you find that in your Bible and can have a chance to grab that. We will have the verses on the screen for you to follow along if you're in a place you can't have that. But going forward, well, look, our world is lonely and it is struggling. And people are lonely. In fact, loneliness is much a severe problem within our world. That loneliness itself, it makes us the weakest. We are the weakest when we are alone. And that's somewhat difficult. I lived in Boston, Massachusetts for a couple of years, right off of Copley Square. And if I could just go down and make my way around, I could come to what was known as the Cheers Bar. You've seen this television program probably years ago. Cheers, it's actually, they use the same sign, the same place. It's the Cheers Bar just right after that. Actually, I've never been in it, but I have been outside. But there's something about the bar the neighborhood bar that speaks to so many people and that they find the fellowship there around with other people and a few beers. It's a place where no one tells your secrets or everything you can say is kept quiet and happening. It is kind of a false type of relationship that should be happening with us within the church. We are all in this together. We are all gathered here together. And so we have that that in our Christian experience with each other, we should find that same type of fellowship that we have. So this morning, let's look and begin with our very first passage here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses, whoops, now he has us stop because he has just been sharing with us in Hebrews chapter 11, the great hall of faith which listed many of the people that were in the Old Testament. 
starting with Abel and working all the way down. You can read that in chapter 12. It's known as the Hall of Faith, that great chapter of chapter 11, the by faith chapter, which highlights the great. Last week we looked at what Paul was saying in that we are gathered together, the witness of us gathering together with them. So we have fellowship, we have believers in fellowship with people all around the world. In other words, we are not alone. We have other people around who are in association with us through Jesus Christ. I've been across many seas, gone to many different places. It's interesting when I walk into the church and I find people I've never met before. And yet because of Christ, we have a connection and we have a fellowship with them because of that. It's amazing. It brings tears to my eyes in some of the places that I've been where I don't understand their language, but I've been able to fellowship and worship with them. So we have that fellowship with us around the world going on. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us, let us run with the perseverance, the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Look at that. He was, for the joy that was set before him, because he knew what was going to be coming, he endured the cross and the shame. And then he sat down at the right hand of the Father after his resurrection. In our class that we've been having, which has also been suspended for a while because of the virus, in our class we've been looking at the martyrdoms. We've looked at the martyrdom of Justin Martyr, and we looked at the martyrdom of Polycarp this last week, and how Polycarp and the others who endured the persecution of the church, they went and stood boldly before them. They knew that the eternal life waited for them when they endured the torture and the martyrdom that they experienced. So Jesus was able to look past through the cross, past the thing to know his joy in the salvation of bringing us to him. So verse 3, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So on the cross, Jesus wants us to understand, looking at Jesus, that we will not grow weary and we will not lose heart. Therefore, Jesus said, you are not alone. You are not alone. I am with you and endure you with you. And you have a cloud of witnesses that have gone before you. All these folks that are around you. You are not alone, although at times it feels like we're terribly alone. Jesus said, I am with you always to the very end of the age, Jesus said, he would be with us. All right, come back now to, back to Hebrews 12. Verse 4, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of the shedding of your blood. What? The shedding of your blood? You have not resisted sin to the point of the shedding of your blood. Well, I find that rather fascinating that Paul would make that statement that you, that you have not resisted sin to the point of shedding your blood. He's not asking you to shed blood, but he was talking about us to be so sincere about our horror and our pulling away from sin that we would say, I would rather shed my blood than to go against Christ. Like the martyrs, 
that we mentioned before. Verse 5, and you have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as father, addresses his son. It says, and he goes on to quote here from Proverbs, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastens everyone who accepts him as his son. Maybe the struggles that you are in or the Lord is, the Lord is providing discipline for you. He says it disciplines those he loves like, like a father disciplines his child. I was a small young man about five and I remember that I was in a very small church with my mother my mother was playing the piano for church and at the end we were sitting over on the right side of the congregation on the very front row in this very small church probably had 50 people and at the end of the end of the uh, row there of the pews there was a column there that was sticking up supporting the row well, while we were having worship and we were, everybody was standing and singing, I went over and as a young man, I shimmied up the pole. That did not meet with great approval from my parents. And after we got home, my dad wore, um, provided the Board of Education to the seat of my understanding. And I was correctly disciplined. And it, I never climbed that pole again. I learned my lesson. Well, we, we say that that's a good thing, that has a father would take care of his children like that, discipline them. But when God does it, it's amazing how he might be providing discipline for you, how that might go, how that might be. No simple deed is ever performed, such as preparing a meal, reading a paragraph, or writing a letter, without ignoring a thousand allurements. Did you get that? No simple deed is ever performed, such as preparing a meal or reading a paragraph or writing a letter, without ignoring a thousand allurements that want to take your attention somewhere else. Some Mardina. I have a little dog. I take my dog out for a walk, Lily. And as we go out for a walk, she is constantly looking at different things, whether there's smells on the ground, or whether she hears a bird, or whether she sees somebody, a car coming, she's always looking somewhere else and always distracted. And I have to pull, come on Lily, come on Lily, to get her come like that. We have to be disciplined enough to stop just going frantically everywhere all the time. If that happens, we say, well maybe they have a disorder, or some type of thing is happening in their life. Reading on here, attention, shuts out literally hundreds of attractions, attracting sights and sounds, forbids hundreds of inward promptings that would divert us from the task at hand. No significant work of life is possible without discipline. So it is for our good that the Lord discipline us to bring us, to get us to focus on really what is important and what, how that works together, and how that happens together. Okay, back to Hebrews 12, looking together. Verse 7, endure hardship as discipline, he said. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? 
If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respect them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined for a little while, and then they thought what they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, in order that we might share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful, true. We don't like it. We don't like it when we're in struggle. We don't like when we have to bear it. And some of us are bearing serious things, result of serious things. Some of them are not our fault. But some of the things that come into our life are decisions we have made. And the Lord uses those to discipline us, to bring us back, to recognize that. Later on, however, it produces the harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Some of you have experienced those kind of things in your own life. You've experienced those type of things of how you have had God discipline you and bring you. You've been through difficult troubles and difficult things. And God has brought you back and brought you back to him through that experience. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. See that? That's where I got our title today. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. And I want to ask you, how? How does that happen? How do you strengthen your, your, feeble, your feeble hands and your arms and your weak knees? How do you strengthen that? How do you make that happen? Well, of course, I, I think immediately we would say, well, because of prayer, of course. We would pray that God would help us. And certainly he would. But if you recall, this chapter started out with something very important at the very beginning. And it was building on Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, which listed all those men. And if you remember, he said, we have such a tribe, we have, we have such a, a bunch, a band, a huge gathering. He called it a cloud of witnesses. A cloud of witnesses that God gave to us to stand with us. Even when we are alone, we can say, I can remember what God has led in the past. So... The way that he gathers us back in, the way that he disciplines us and brings us back in, is that we should come and gather together with other believers. Together with others is how that works. Together with others is how we gather back in. It's together with others that we gather. Some people say, well, I don't need to go to church, I don't need to be involved in that, because I, I can go out and I can be in nature and I can do... There's no doubt that there's a lot of blessings that can be out in God's second book, God and nature. There's, there's no doubt about that. But a tree, but a tree won't speak to me and encourage me or really listen and respond to my problems to give me help. And I don't get courage. Oh, I mean, see, this wonderful what God has done in nature. That's true and it's refreshing. But it's not like fellowshipping with one another. And there's also another element to that, that strength comes in numbers to increase. When you fellowship with a church family, when you come in a part of that, 
Those folks gather with you, you hear the stories, you hear the experience, you share, you listen, you're part of this church family, and there is strength in numbers. In the story of the martyrdom of Polycarp, Polycarp, when he went and was offered, that's fabulous story, if you have not read the story, familiar with it, you should. And the martyrdom of Polycarp, he, as he went and he was taken to the arena that Saturday, that uh, the Jews were encouraging, people were encouraging him to be martyred, and they put him and were going to burn him at the stake. There were other Christians from that church in Smyrna who came and gathered around and stood there in that arena, and he could look and see, my brothers and sisters are here. He could see that, and he stood faithful and with courage and martyrdom of Polycarp. They were not afraid to come and to stand with their brother as he was being martyred. And that was a common experience that happened to the other martyrs and to the other's experience that they had. So there is strength in numbers. A coming and being part of a church family, wherever you are, you may be in other parts of the world, Coming be part, I encourage you that you will strengthen your faith and your relationship with God when you have fellowship with other believers. There's also another element to that, and that it holds us accountable to one another. A tree, if I enjoy going out in a tree in nature, never holds me accountable. But others do. My church family holds me accountable. Your church family may hold you accountable wherever you may be. So that fellowship is important to have and to have them around you. So the encouragement words of going through these times of which the Lord may be disciplining us, God is calling us to go back, come together with fellowship, share that experience with others, saying, I'm going through a hard time right now. I think the Lord is trying to tell me something. I think he's trying to correct me, trying to help me. And so I share that with other believers, I share that with you, and therefore, therefore, I am strengthened with them. So this week and next week, our church is closed. It's hard for us. The last time we were closed was because of a hurricane. But we want our fellowship together. We're glad that you could join us online today. And that we could worship with us. But I wanted to end with this little piece that he ends at the end of this particular section in Hebrews 12. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defilement. Look at that. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. It is calling the church family to rally around those that are hurting, to rally around those that are in going through painful experiences, For those who may be disciplined by the Lord, not to bring judgment upon them, not to, but to stand beside them and to see to it, to see to it that no one falls short, that they understand that they're being graciously accepted no matter what trial or thing they're going through. So I would encourage you to share with your children, 
that at times the Lord disciplines you and your family. At times the Lord is there. But we find our fellowship in being together. It is important then for you to gather in Jesus' name and by his grace in his place of worship. Don't ignore the gathering of them together. I thank you, Lord, for this beautiful passage. Oh, discipline sometimes is hard for us to take. But the, this morning we turn and we look and think of you. We think of your gathering of us together, even though we are online and cannot be physically present. But this morning, Lord, we turn our hearts towards you. I thank you for your grace. May we be welcoming to all. And when we are being disciplined, find our fellowship and comfort with one another. That through the trials of life, that we can stand firm with you. Just as those who have gone before. Just as we saw in Hebrews 11. I thank you, Lord, for the revealing those stories to us. And for those who have followed afterward. That we can draw our courage and life with you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.